really do. You're a 21 year old punk fucking kid. This grandpa's given you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking job, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast. My name is Sean Walchef from Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are recording here in Spring Valley above the butcher shop with uh, with my man, Derek Marceau from Valley Farm Market. What's going down, my man? Not much. How are you doing, man? Well, I'm, uh, I'm impressed to see you here uh, despite your sickness. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't get no sick. No sick days? I, don't, I think it's a mental thing. I think you just uh, sick is a mental No paid state. sick leave for you? I'm not sick, man. No. I'm here. You're here. You're I'm always here. here. I uh, I live here. You live here. That's I was right. Born here. No, I'm I'm uh I'm fine. Well, let's uh <laughs> let tell me. It is did you it get is. did you get sick on your on your trip with Harvest Meats? Dude, we tra- we traveled a bunch. We went from um, God, where did we start? Nebraska, then to uh, Minnesota, then to Wisconsin, then Minnesota, then Iowa, then Minnesota. Seriously? Then Wisconsin, then Minnesota, then San Diego. Get the fuck out of here. All in five days. Was this an airport tour? No. Or did you no, actually see actually some meatpacking plants? We took Grass Run Farms. Um, they have a little place out there in Iowa where they get all their grass-fed beef. And we uh, toured their plant. And then Greater Omaha, which is where I get all my beef uh, currently and got it for the last 12 years. And meeting Henry and uh, Angelo and Dan out there, they uh, just really took good care of me and uh, great guys, man. Just yeah. fucking what what they do there. It's, it's just a cut above everybody else. And, Why is that? Uh, their attention to detail. I mean, it's it's, it's honestly. I, I sat and talked with uh, Henry, the owner, and um, you know he's sixty five maybe, and his attention to detail on every little thing and wanting to be innovative and and getting the the next best thing coming out is is above everybody else. You know, sometimes things are just going smooth and you don't want to. You know, rock the boat. He doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. like, hey, if we can make it better, and it's, it might take a little learning curve, but if I can get it done better and more efficiently, I mean, I think I've told you this a hundred times. When I get Greater Omaha product in, the spec is better than anybody else. And I'm not here to shit on IVP and National and, and Creekstone and all those guys, but it's just, it's a far better product every single time. I, my employees don't have to trim it as much. Um, they know what they're getting every single time. My consumer gets a consistent product. And now going out there talking to all these guys, you, you know exactly why, because they care. They care about that little detail. And they want to know, like, hey, d- is anything bad? Is anything wrong? What can sure. I fix? And, and that's kind of how I model my business, too. It's like I, I want to learn. I want to know. And uh, I can't get better if I don't get any feedback. So uh, they're doing an amazing job. And then the grass run farms with JBS, um, they're, they're really innovative on what they're doing out there. Yeah. And uh, finishing it on on grass is a, it's a hard product to do because everyone knows this grass fed product. It just has a different taste to it and it has a different dexterity. And this new stuff that they're doing is a um, Angus program that actually grades choice. Mm-hmm. You don't see any grass fed product that grades none, and they're grading choice. Wow! Um, and they have some that are grading prime, so but they just don't have enough to grade prime yet. But there's some that are grass-fed product that's grading prime, which is just unheard of. I mean, I think one of the coolest parts, you know, we talk about business, we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about sustainability, and to have companies that 
take pride in the little details, yeah. but they take enough pride to bring someone like yourself, who's a buyer, your family's been buying, you know, here at this butcher shop for 61 years, yeah. um, you know, for them to bring you in and show off what they do really means that they take pride, you know, cause you know, that that's not a cheap trip for them to send you out there, but that educational opportunity means so much to them. Yeah. It's cause I, now I'm even more vested than I, than I was before. And, and I mean, I was pretty vested yeah. <laughs> before and now it's, you know, Henry's coming out here in two weeks <clears throat> and, um, you know, he's going to come out to San Diego. He's like, dude, I, I need to come to your store. I need to sit down with you again. We need to talk more. Um, I was Is he coming talking- for barbecue festival? No. He's going to miss it? He's going to miss it. But I was talking to him. When I got done, the the vice president looked at me kind of weird. He's like, I've been here for 25 years, and I've never seen Henry take two hours off and, and talk to a guy like he just talked to you. I'm like, I don't know. We just kind of like-minded, and we uh, hit it off. So he's going to come out here. We're going to talk more about Del Mar and... You know, a cool thing about Greater Omaha, too, is that he's he's not really big into sponsorships. And, uh, you know, I, when people say that, you kind of have, you know, you don't, don't understand why. And he kind of went into it. And he said, every single thing that I would sponsor, every 501c3, everything, what I do with that money is I put it back into my employees. And I send my employees' kids to, to college. Really? And, yeah. So he said in every single employee that he has, he'll send their kid to college. Wow. I mean, who does that shit? That's impressive. but just thinking about I mean, it. So he's like, I'm touching the people that are touching me. Wow. And and helping them out any way I can. So instead of sending twenty thousand dollars to uh, this, you know, charity, sure. I'm going to do it for for my people. Sure. And it was just you know kind of eye opening. It was it was a different outlook that I didn't really take. You know, I mean, obviously I take care of my employees. I don't have that kind of money, but it's it was just a different. It's always good to learn. And sure. Being able to do that with him and and. Like I said, he's 65 years old, been doing it his, his whole life. It's been in his family for seven generations, six generations. They're right on the stockyard in um, Omaha, Nebraska. Wow. So, I mean, it's awesome. And he's like, I'm like, well, when are you going to retire? He's like, I'll die here. He's like, I'll, there's never Retirement a Retirement is I'm, a dirty word. Yeah, he's like, I'm never going to retire. It's such a dirty word. Don't you ever say that. Yeah. It's like saying retire to my grandfather. Right. It's like, I'll just be dead. Yeah. Forget about when it. When I retire is when I expire. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Um. Today is awesome. We are so fired up for today. I mean, this is Hockey Week in San Diego, and Hockey Week in San Diego has taken on a whole new, unbelievable meaning for us personally, um, which we'll get into. But we have Matt Savant, the president of the San Diego Gulls, um, affiliated with the Anaheim Ducks. And if you want to know the secret to success to be a sports executive, um, to be somebody that keeps their family first, but puts their fans at the number one priority. Uh, you got to learn from Matt Savant. Um, this person, him and I have developed a relationship over the last uh, two years now. And um, I have such a high level of respect once I learned about his story. And we knew that we had to get him on um, not only to talk hockey, but to talk about marketing, talk about um, brand building a brand, um, talk about all the cool things you guys have coming up here for uh, hockey fans in San Diego, um, where the AHL is going. And um, what's up, Matt? What's happening? 
Thank you for that intro. Uh, first of all, this setup you guys got up here is <laughs> unbelievable. Like I am like so impressed. I want to come and hang out in here. Well, well before, anytime you want. Before we <laughs> go, here. before we go any further, uh, the the podcast. I mean, anyone that listens to this podcast knows how bullish we are on digital marketing as well as podcasting and how important it is for your business to really add context. You know, it's not just content, content, content. It's you know why, why, and you know when you're listening to. Derek or myself or whoever we bring on, you can actually hear more about their story. And um, one of the cool things that podcasts are able to do is to bring fans closer to a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to give the goals credit. This is three years. Goals in Flight has had a podcast. Correct. And um, tell us a little bit about that and why that's important um, to the Goals organization. Yeah, well, you kind of mentioned it. You know, it's easy to get on, not easy, but you attempt to try to get on national or local media and you say, hey, we got a game on, you know, Friday night, come on out, it's two dollar beers, and then you're done. But to have a platform like a podcast or uh, even other, some platforms we can get up in front of a group of people for more than 30 seconds, more than 90 seconds, which is what we traditionally get. I really take advantage of these because this is where your fan base can connect with a player or an ownership or a coaching staff or an executive to come in and say, okay, so where are we going? And it's not just the quick hits of, I can't wait to see you at the game, which is what we kind of regurgitate throughout the season. But it's more, hey, tell me more about Dallas Eakins. This guy's got a great history. That's the head coach of the San Diego Goals. You know, he's a former player in the NHL. He's a former NHL coach. He's one of the top coaches in all of the AHL. To get to know a guy like that, you connect more with your brand and connect more with your team. And it's so important to have this platform. So when you invited me, I, it was a for sure yes. So I appreciate that you guys are taking advantage of uh, having us in San Diego and you being such a strong partner. You, you feed my staff seemingly every week. So <laughs> I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Well, no, it's, it's awesome, too, to, to be able to hear that because you're, you're starting to understand, too, that all that the other type of marketing and stuff is becoming a little retro. It's not, yeah. not, not necessarily in the forefront anymore. And with the podcast, it's like you were saying, it's not this 30 second blurb. It's I can dive in and guess what? It's fucking free. Mm-hmm. It's free. We put on yeah. iTunes, listen for free. Listen you, for all free. you have to do is exactly. subscribe. It's in, and that's uh, a value that you give to your, your fans and everyone that, you know, other people might not be doing right now. And it's, it's awesome to hear. You know, and sports is so different because we all connect to sports in different ways, but people use it as a release. People use it to remember when they used to play and the good times. People use it to learn for their kids because they want their kids to be better athletes. But sports is such that common ground. And when you're a sports fan or a hockey fan or a certain team, you really dig into that. You say, gosh, what's this guy about? We talked a little earlier about Chris Wagner. Guy grew up in our system, played for the San Diego Goals. Now he's got a regular spot on the Ducks, and you can feel connected to somebody like that if you have time to kind of invest in this team and understand who these guys are. So I, I, I love this kind of stuff, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here for an so hour or so. For, yeah. for, those, for those people that don't understand the difference between the NHL and the AHL, um, you know, for me, I've been learning ever since the goals came back i mean I, i'm you know don't know anything about hockey and i take the opportunity to learn every single game i go to um from all the people that know more than i do and uh let let people know the difference between the ahl and nhl yeah so the ahl is the primary development league for the nhl so everyone on an ahl roster has either been drafted by or signed by the big club on some level so it's almost like a minor league 
deal? Yeah, it's just like AAA baseball. Right. So we are the next step away from going to the NHL. So probably two-thirds of our team is on an NHL-AHL contract where they've got the opportunity to be called up at any minute. So if you're strong on defense or you can score or you're a good goalie and we have an injury up in Anaheim, you're the first one they're going to call up. And you look at guys like Shea Theodore, Brandon Montour last year, those guys were up and down. It hurts the San Diego club because we love their goals. We love their ability to move the puck. Sure. But they were drafted to play for the Ducks when their time is right. So the time was right for them, and Shea, unfortunately, got traded as part of the deal with Clayton Stoner. We had that expansion team. So <coughs> to go back to your question, every NHL team has an AHL affiliate, and they're scattered throughout the United States. Uh, for years, we were on the East Coast. The Ducks were Norfolk, Virginia. We were in Cincinnati. We were in Portland, Maine. So every time we had an injury, if a guy hurt himself uh, on the morning skate, takes a puck to the knee and he's out for the game. It takes a guy six hours on a plane. Then he's got to land, get his gear, get to Honda Center, and attempt to make it for the game. So big picture, Henry and Susan Samueli, who are our owners, said we need to come west. Right. So our team was actually at the forefront of creating the Pacific Division in the AHL. So you'll notice when the Ducks or when the goals showed up here in San Diego, seven teams came west. So you're looking at Bakersfield, you're looking at Stockton, you're looking at uh, the Arizona team in Tucson. They all came west to be closer to their big club for the same reason. Injuries and well, makes sense. cost of travel. Sure. sure. But it doesn't make sense for us to be the one team to blaze that trail because we're flying to the East Coast every sure. game. So we yeah. said, if we're going to do it, we're all going to come west. You all need to make this investment, which they did. Now, was but, that something that Henry that he approached with the AHL? I mean, was that – how did the – I mean, because stuff like that doesn't just – happen because the AHL thinks that's a good idea. I mean, you need strong ownership. I mean, you need Jerry Jones type ownership to, to make things like that happen. Yeah, it was actually our uh, our CEO, Mike Schulman, who owns okay. the goals, or he manages the goals and the ducks. And he was looking at it from a financial standpoint of why are we spending all this money to bring our players over here? And we're bringing, you, sometimes you have 20, 30 call-ups a year. That's flights, that's hotels, that's travel costs. So that was kind of the original base. And then he went out to the other NHL teams and said, okay, here's what we're spending. We have to assume you're spending the same. Let's put a pack together and let's go to the AHL and to the NHL and say we want to do this for a variety of reasons. AHL saw it as an expansion opportunity. You really want to legitimize your league by having it a nationwide influence. They were really concentrated in the Northeast and some of Canada. And so it was a bus league. They would well, rightfully so, right? That's where, that's was where the, it started. Yeah. yeah. So they would bus and, and connect with each other and play, and West Coast didn't even know about the AHL. Like, yeah. Well, what is it? Who cares? We just know that our players show up when somebody's injured. So now all of a sudden the AHL is becoming its own brand. Sure. It's nationwide. It's, it's a real developmental league, and you hear the NHL talking more and more about their AHL team, what's going on in San yes. Diego. These guys are great. And well, they have to, right? They I mean, have to. <laughs> They're in the market. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's... we're literally sharing the market with our big club, Anaheim. Right. So from a marketing standpoint, we're actually benefiting our fan base by giving them deeper knowledge of not only the players that are You're on the You're giving them context. You're giving them that story of the guy. Like, it's not just the guy got called up. It's we've been watching the guy. I mean, now i am become a huge Ducks fan because those are our guys. Yeah. Those are Gulls grads. Those are guys that were down here. I mean, Gibby started, and he was dominating, dominating. For, he was My wife, we go to the games. We're season ticket holders. She's like, who's the yoga goalie? It's like the yoga goalie. The guy's doing back, you know, yoga poses in the goalie. She's like, that's my guy. Yeah. And then he goes up to the Ducks and has just an unbelievable season, becomes an all-star, and, like, that makes us more invested in hockey 
altogether. So now if you look at the big picture, you can be a Ducks fan or a hockey fan and watch the draft. And normally the draft's like, oh, this kid, I'm not going to see him forever. You're going to see him in San Diego. Yes. And you're going to watch him grow up and become a man and get stronger and get bigger and refine his game. He doesn't just show up in the NHL because he's good at one day. He has to work his way up, and we get to watch that. Yes. So you said you get about 20 to 30 call-ups a year? Yeah. That's a lot. You guys had one of the most last year, right? 17 guys played on both the Ducks and the Goals roster. Yeah. So, But some of those guys were called up five, six times. Yeah. You remember Montour was was on a string, up and down, up and Mm -hmm. down, up and down. I mean, that has to happen. I mean, it happens in baseball, too. You get injuries. I mean, I even know just from football, you know, you have the 53-man roster and you have your practice squad, and someone gets hurt and can't go for a week, and you go and play, and then all of a sudden they're better um, miraculously and yeah. got a few uh, injections, and exactly, they're ready right? to play again. So The other guy's right back, back down. down. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, it's a dog-eat-dog world, but it's, it's exciting, though, to have that in San Diego and being so close to L.A. where they can just go back and forth. And it's awesome. It doesn't. Logistically, it's it's great. Yeah. So you started uh, what year for the Anaheim Ducks? I actually started with the Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. That dates me. Uh, Ooh, 2003. I like that. 2003. I started with the Mighty Ducks. and uh, What were you doing before? I uh, Well, I, I grew up in Orange County okay. and played hockey. It was, I was the one. Yeah, yes. I was the same. You were the one, the golden child? <laughs> I was, no, the only one playing. Oh, the only one playing. <laughs> He was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Me and my brother. I was, dom- yeah. I was dominating. Yeah. 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 18 goals. Yeah. So it was, uh, it, was, it was scarce to find leagues, but I, was, uh, I, I had a God-given talent, I guess. I was able to put the puck in a little bit. So I had an opportunity to go play in college. Uh, went to Bowling Green State University, which is in Ohio, and um, met my wife there and uh, didn't, didn't make uh, the varsity team, but I played uh, on the practice squad, so I would get to go up four days a week and get my ass kicked by the uh, (laughs) future NHLers. (laughs) And I realized at that point, if I'm going to win a Stanley Cup, I'm going to have to do it uh, off the ice. (laughs) Do it as an executive. So that was kind of my goal. Uh, I graduated college and decided that an NHL team probably will pick me up within the first 12 hours. You know, (laughs) that's how it works, right? When you're 22, NHL teams are just like, yeah, that's our marketing guy. Yeah. So I put my resume out, and I was trying to stay local in California, and uh, and for some reason, no one hired me in hockey. I can't imagine why. Uh, so I started working at an advertising agency in Irvine, and I started working in uh, traditional print, TV, and radio production advertising. Wow. So I was actually creating the spots. So I learned how to actually market a product, and I learned how to actually do traditional advertising and branding and marketing. With, with Mattel Toys, is that correct? Yeah, I did Mattel. I did Lincoln Mercury. Uh, within Mattel, I got to do Hot Wheels and uh, Tyco nice. RC. Nice. So I was like, okay, this is like the best job I've ever right. had. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a grown man playing with toys. What kind of hours were you putting in at big, this point? Yeah. yeah. What's big for you? Well, I actually put in more now in hockey. I know, you because do. We're working. <laughs> but when you're 22, 23, you're like, wait a minute, I don't get to go home at 4.30? Yeah, wait, oh no. wait a minute. Yeah. I get my hour lunch? What's yeah, what the here? heck? Uh, so we were you know, putting in heavy-ish days, but mainly it was travel because would, we would go. It's so expensive to shoot commercials in California. We'd go to Vancouver or Mexico City. Oh, wow. So I would go up there and spend a few weeks at a time, and we would shoot seven, eight commercials for the whole year. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of prep leading up, and you have to storyboard, write the scripts, get the VO wow. ready, 
And so I learned how to actually create a product and how to market a product and it, uh, international. So we had to make sure that the name of the car or the Barbie translated to multiple languages. Oh, wow. And so that was some of the research we had to do, which was really interesting. Well, as you sure. I mean, you have so many different cultures that look at a Barbie. I mean, look at the world we live in in 2017. You were doing that back in 2012. You know, it's a different it's, it's a different world. You have you know? to think through it. Yeah. Yeah. So think it. I actually learned how to do marketing. And I always say jokingly, if I had gotten hired to do marketing for an NHL club right out of college, I probably would have been fired within six months. Yeah. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. Like anybody, you don't, you just show up and you don't know what you're doing. And right. so I worked there for five years and a girl that was on one of the teams I was working on, her dad was the president of the mighty ducks. And when I found that out, I was like, Hey, Sheila, what's <laughs> hey, going on? Right? Hey, How Sheila. are you? Yeah, what's She's up? Like, what do you Did want? We just become <laughs> best friends. Yeah. So, uh, so I was married at the time. So my wife and I became really close friends with Sheila and her then husband, boyfriend, now husband, Jared Rice, who was the marketing manager of the Mighty Ducks. So we'd go out and get beers and I'd hang out and I said, hey, Jared, seriously, dude, I'll, sh I'll sharpen skates, I'll move boxes, <laughs> right. like, what do yeah. you mean? I'll cut sticks down, like, get me in. And five years later, he got an offer to go to the Detroit Red Wings and Sheila went with him and worked for YNR Dearborn. And he calls me up the day he got the offer and he says, all right, dude, you've been bugging me for years. <laughs> I have to fill my own spot in like a month. And he, I said, okay, I'm, literally, I'm going to go home and get a coat. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm on my way to interview. My skates are in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, so I, I fly to what was the, then the Arrowhead Pond. Um, and, uh, and I walk in, and I'm meeting with their director of marketing. This is for a marketing manager position. And um, I sit down, and luck, and he's a big dude. He played college football, and he's probably 6'5". He's a man. And it's I, bigger than this big old rascal <laughs> next to me. That's a big boy right there. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm a little intimidated, but I sit down and he he realizes that I work at an agency and he worked for uh, J. Walter Thompson, which is a big agency in Boston. And so right away we click, we hit it off on how to market and how to advertise and traditional advertising. And so the interview was about 20 minutes and I've been working there ever since. That's, that's crazy. Awesome. And about 20 so minutes, when, <laughs> nailed it. Nailed when, it. Uh, when did you move to um, San Diego? Okay, so... I feel like I'm, I'm on the couch here. I'm telling you guys my whole story. Well, I, I, I really appreciate the story because there's so many people that listen and they, you know, for us, we want to be a platform where people can reach out to us and say, yeah. you know, well, how can I open up a barbecue restaurant? How can I, you know, put on an event in, in my community that helps raise money for a charity? Whatever that might be, there's no secret formula. Yeah. It's it's a four letter word and it's a dirty four letter word, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's easy to work. think it's easy Hard to think work. work. Yeah. It's easy to think that. Okay. Yeah. You got lucky. You, yeah. uh, got like, Oh, you're lucky. Play. Yeah. You're lucky you that somebody was president. It's, yeah. it's, you know, no. you're lucky. You're the lucky one. It's like, yeah. no, dude. Get a hustle. No. Yeah, that's what I fucking do. So when when crying. did you uh, move to San Diego? All right. So uh, I get the job. Actually, I was looking for a job, but I was in Irvine working at the agency. And my wife and I have been married for almost five years, and she's from Ohio. Anybody Midwest here? My wife's from Indiana, and I go back to Ohio okay. every once in a while. So good, solid thoughtful people absolutely and so i say to my wife jen i said okay you know five years in you know let's let's have some kids like let's let's get her going here right <laughs> she goes are you kidding me i said well, what's wrong 
She goes, we don't even own a home. We don't have a backyard. And I'm like, this is so Ohio. So she literally said, in order for us to have kids, you're going to buy a house. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. All right. And it's it's like kind of mid, you know, early 2000s. And the, the market in Orange County is through the roof. I sure. Could, it was, I remember I looked at a house. It was $559,000. And it was 900 square feet, two, bedroom, two bath. And I was like, Jen. It's we can't happening. do this, no, right. and it's not a smart buy. Right. So my cousins actually grew up in Encinitas. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, I'd come down here and surf longboard in Encinitas yeah. with them, and like just kind of hang. And I would, oh, I love San Diego. And we were at dinner one night with my uncle and aunt, and they say, "Hey, there's this brand new community, like a master planned family oriented community with parks and uh, restaurants and grocery stores, and it's just going to be built. There's going to be a ton of young families." And I'm like, "It's oh, a long drive." So we go down, we look at the, you know, I literally bought a piece of dirt. We go down, <laughs> we look at the map, and I see the pie in the sky, how great it's going to be, and I can't wait. But it was considerably cheaper, considerably yeah. cheaper. So I say, all right, Jen, we're in both, she was working at the same agency. The agency was getting bigger and bigger. So we're both in Irvine. It's about 45 minutes. I think we can do it. Right. All right, let's do it. Sign the papers, close escrow. All right, we're moving to San Marcos, San Alejo Hills, if you guys yeah. know. That's, that's where we live. Mm-hmm. So... With, between the time I signed the papers and we actually close escrow, I get the offer from the Mighty Ducks. And I'm like, oh, well, there's 20 more minutes I'm going to have to drive. Yeah. But I figure hey, it's all starting to come together. It's all good. I'm gonna, I got my awesome hockey job. I, I'm, I own a home. I'm going to start having kids. Like Life's rolling. So we close on the house. Everything's good. Jen gets pregnant. We're rocking. We're rolling. I'm working for the Mighty Ducks. I'm like so proud. I remember walking around the then the Arrowhead Pond like, this is it. I've totally made it. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm lugging sticks and I'm doing promos and I'm doing the on ice games and like I, I'm just loving it. And I get through my first season and you guys may remember this if you're a hockey fan. The NHL goes into a one year lockout. Yes. They shut the league down for yep. a week, for a year. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I had everything lined up. Everything's all good. And we're owned by Disney at the time. So Disney owns the Mighty Ducks. And Disney, they don't mess around. No. So they come in every two weeks systematically and just start chopping people. Chopping people. Wow. And I remember it was this poor HR lady. I would see her, Grim Reaper. She would come in and just just fire two, three, four, five people every other Friday. No way. So that's where I got real creative. And I said, okay, well, I'm not leaving hockey. I just bought a house and my wife's pregnant. It's on. It's on. It's game time. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. So I I gather my team. I have a small group that worked for me at the time, and we decided that we were going to make ourselves unfireable. Nice. And so we started creating these programs for season ticket holders. So I reached out to our coach, who at the time was Mike Babcock, who's now the coach of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Great man. Great, great leader. I said, Babs, here's the situation. We're all getting fired here unless we figure something out. And he's like, all right, let's figure it out. So we decided we're going to do season ticket holder breakfast every week. Twice a week, we're going to invite our entire season ticket base into the locker room to have breakfast with coach. Behind the smoke. Just like behind the smoke. There you go. We catered it. We had the in-house food come in. And we marketed this thing. And all of a sudden, the season ticket holders are re-engaging. And they're re-upping for next year whenever we come back because there's a a thing to connect to. Sure. They just want to be heard. So it was a 45-minute presentation. They took questions from Babcock and they just chatted. And it yeah. was an hour and a half, twice a week for the whole lockout. And we got through our entire season at seat base. 11 people remained at the start of the hockey season during the lockout. We had 11 no people that worked for the Mighty Ducks. 
11 and you were one of the 11 my team was your three? team was three there's three, three of us oh that's my so god rad. that's rad that is rad. rad because we were busy well we you had stuff to do you humanize the coach too yep to where the the you know people can say hey that i actually know him i i, I see him yeah, all the time that's and my I, guy yeah so they're like okay so Back if you in. ever if you ever see the toronto maple leafs play know that they're led by a good man so you save your team which i love that story i mean that like that epitomizes what people always want to look at the negatives and it's so easy to go, Oh, well this is the reason why this didn't happen. And it's very few people in life that you go and they are always positive. Like there's always a silver lining and there's always something that no matter how shitty that voicemail was, no matter how shitty that lockout was, I mean, you're like, it's a lockout. I mean, I'm out of a, I'm out of work. You know, like if I don't get my shit together, I need to be unfireable. And how do you become unfireable? You treat it like it's your own. And I'm guessing from that moment on, everything started to change for you. And it wasn't overnight, though. It, it, it didn't happen It took a year, overnight. but it did change. So right then, when the, when the season was announced to come back, and this is 05, 06, Disney sold the team to Henry and Susan Samueli. And there was 11 of us left, and they literally called us in, and they're like, all right, who are you, and what do you do? And I looked at them, and I said, all right, awesome, here it comes. I said, I'm Matt. I'm the director of marketing. I wasn't. <laughs> I am. But they fired the director yeah, of marketing. So right. I said, I, I'm, your, I'm your last man standing. <laughs> and so we go through and we have these interviews and everything. And I'm all set up and I'm telling Jen, I'm like, we're going to do it. We're going to hit it big. And, you know, fast forward about a month, they brought in a director of marketing and I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, things aren't as rosy, yeah. but I'm still working. I'm still in hockey. And I said, okay, well, what do you want me to do? And they said, we want you to head up and become the director of fan development. And I said, I love that. What the hell is that? I love that. I had no idea what it was. And so they said, well, I don't know, but it's your job. Figure it out. And I said, okay. Now, was this something that was happening among NHL teams? Or was this something that was new? kind of something that Henry and uh, that they brought on. Yep. It was the very early stages of the Sunbelt team. So Florida, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Phoenix, these teams were starting to have these fan development because they needed to cultivate the fans of tomorrow. So when it, when it was originally presented to me, it was like, Hey, why don't you create a booster club? And why don't you go to like college kids and try to like grow the fan base? And I said, okay, let me think about it and come back with what I think is probably a smart move for us. So I went back with my other two people that were left, and I said, all right, guys. Who are those two people? So Joseph Wong. So they moved with you. The, yeah, yeah, brought okay. him in. Yeah, nice. yeah. Right. so Joseph Wong, who's now with Taco Bell, he just left the Ducks this season. Oh, wow. Yeah, and super smart guy, great, great man. And uh, he's, he's the brains behind the operation. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. A great guy. So... So we said, okay, what do you guys want to do? And we put together a plan that was, why don't we reach out to the kids of Orange County? Because if we're going to develop fans, mom and dad, while they have the money, anyone that has kids knows it's what's tugging on your, uh, totally. your jacket. Hey, dad. Hey, mom. I want to. Can right. I? Yes. And the op you open up the wallet. All right, yes. man. What do you guys want to do? Right. So we put together the Anaheim Ducks score program which was a outreach to all kids in Orange County. And we created what is now, and I'm, I'm going to fast forward here 10 years, 
The NHL has replicated the SCORE program 31 times. No is that right? The that NHL is awesome. has mandated it in every single market in the NHL. That is really, really cool. That's and something to be real proud of. Yeah, check it out. It's DucksScore.com, yeah. and we impact about 60,000 students in fourth grade every single year and have hit over 300,000 kids in 10 years wow. that's so impressive it's unbelievable so it's a uh, here it is <laughs> and it's um it's a it's a basically a reading program and a physical education program and an annual field trip and uh what we do is we use the ducks foundation to raise money to give all of this to the kids for free so we've actually written a street hockey curriculum that was approved by the department of education and we donate full hockey gear sticks balls nets goalie gear and we've written a curriculum and we taught the pe teachers how to teach street hockey that's so cool and so now we're seeing this huge boom in youth hockey in orange county wow we had to build a four sheet facility in irvine to handle the volume of kids that want to play I tell you i was pretty fucking good at street hockey <laughs> he'll, out there. he'll be on the skates though it's a whole nother were you goalie story. or were you, were you actual? no fuck no <laughs> I was good I was nimble but man put me on those skates I remember telling my buddy he uh, he played college uh, hockey and we went out and we were messing around he's like hey why don't you come out and play I'm like alright you know I'm a athlete and I can do this man those little guys all they have to do is just kind of like touch you a little bit and you're down dude I'll go and try to hit them so hard they just move or give you like a soft shoulder and you just fucking fly, dude. It's so embarrassing. But, but by you playing, you realize what athletes these oh, guys are. Insane. They're going 25 miles an hour with a puck, and people are trying to hit them with yes. sticks in their hands. So I, I did that, and then I hadn't done anything with hockey for a long, long time, and Sean got me out to go to a game. And it is so fucking exciting to watch these games. My kids aren't at the age yet. They're three and one. Um, but I can't wait to start taking them in these games because it's so exciting all the time. There's always something going on. It's fast. It's not boring. Uh, you know. And Make sure you don't tell that memo to my wife. Because we're, <laughs> we're bringing Colleen on Friday. Nice. I don't know how long he's going to last. Well, but. he can't talk and tell you no and then cry. and, and He can cry. Well, he can't, okay. he can't tell you no. He can't talk. He can't run away. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. That's true. My kids, it's a, it's at a their age, they just sit. They won't sit and watch a hockey game right now. No fucking chance. <laughs> well, let's give it a try. I'll give you tickets. Yeah, we'll bring them out for sure. <laughs> we'll get them out to skate. We got some uh, Zamboni yeah. rides for um, one of my employees. Tony's been a uh, season ticket holder forever. Yeah, um, he's he's big, huge fan. And, and Ari, the last he got him Zamboni ride for his uh, birthday, which was really really cool for him. Yeah, we we, uh, we surprised him with it. So oh, I love it. So let's awesome. let's talk. Let's fast forward from the ducks and get to how this opportunity came up to be uh, the president. Yeah, which I still can't believe. I'm the president of a hockey team. <laughs> You're the president was, was of that, a hockey team. Was that team. like your end goal? What, what, what? Yeah, when I was like even a couple of years ago, I said, you know, when I when I get older, right? <laughs> I want to be the president of a hockey team. Yeah, and here I am. And I guess I'm older. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as a kid, I always knew that I, I well, I, first of all, I was going to uh, play in the NHL, and that didn't happen. Right. Uh, so then I realized, okay, so I'd love to lead a team, and I'd love to lead people. I, I feel comfortable in front of a group without being overly demanding, but but kind of 
setting out a path for people and, and a direction to go. And so I said, I could be the president of a hockey team. I'd love to do that. And just kind of in the back of my mind, like, yeah, well, we'll see. Sure. But it here it was. Um, the San Diego goals came to San Diego. And we talked about that a little bit earlier. And um, I raised my hand. I said, hey, if there's ever any opportunities, at the time I was the director of marketing for the team. So I was director of marketing and fan development and branding and, and kind of oversaw a few divisions. And I said, I'd love to throw my hat in the ring and they said well we just gave you this promotion we need you here in Anaheim to do this correctly and grow our brand it's okay fine fine and they gave the position to Ari and if you guys have met Ari he's an unbelievable guy great sure. guy and a really smart guy but also he has he's a lawyer he has a legal background yeah. so yeah. he set the foundation for the San Diego goals on such solid ground because of his legal background he really established what this team is today through the way he developed and wrote the contracts and created the partnership. So my hat's off to Ari for the great work that he did. And, you know, obviously somebody else noticed because he got an opportunity to go be the COO of the Arizona Coyotes right. within a year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great opportunity for him. So when he left and had done all the hard work, <laughs> I raised my hand again. I said, hey, guys, we've done this now for together for 13 years in Anaheim. I'm ready. I'm looking for something different, and I live in San Diego. So I, I interviewed, and I got to interview with you know Henry and Susan Samuelli, our owners. I got to you know interview with our CEO and uh, our current general manager, Bob Ferguson. And the nice thing about it is I had known all of them, and we were able to just kind of talk hockey and talk sure. history. And really what I had done in Anaheim from a fan development standpoint is they said, well, this is what we need in San Diego. We need to grow this brand organically. So my history in, in Anaheim and the success with the NHL, they, they adopted that program. It became a reality that, okay, this guy can probably do this in San Diego. So they gave me the opportunity, and I'm, I'm a year and change into it. And um, that's how I got it. And, and coming in, was it was nerve-wracking because I was in a really comfort comfortable spot in Anaheim for a long time. Sure. To step in and say, okay, here's a whole new team. These are all new people in a new market. Um, Go for it. It also says a lot about the organization to promote from within. Um, you know, I think a lot of that goes overlooked, you know, especially, you know, in the hospitality business, we're always trying to find people that have hospitality in their blood, you know, people that actually, they love taking care of people. They love giving back. They love doing what we do by putting on events, by getting, you know, getting involved. Uh, a lot of times you don't see how working let's say, you know, as a special in some special events doing promotions, how that can lead to something far greater, you know, but for the same brand and like that brand development that has to come from the top all the way down, mm -hmm. you know, and it can't just be something that is written on a wall or something that someone says it's some catchy phrase. It's actually something that is people believe it and they believe it because they see it. And not only they see it, but the people are supported. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to cut a program like that when, when things aren't going well. Teams losing money. Teams aren't winning. All right, trim the marketing. Trim the fan development because <laughs> we're spending hundreds isn't that of thousands. Isn't that always how it goes? Get, trim rid the that. get rid of the marketing. And it's like, well, you know, and so our ownership group and, and management in Anaheim and now San Diego is so focused on growing the game properly and organically and slowly we're seeing in Anaheim, it is exploding the popularity and the, the number of kids playing. I think that's really important when you when you talk about organically. Um, no one wants to be forced, right? And, and I see it all the time here at the store. If I, I, can, I can tell if I push something too hard on social media or anywhere else, I'm like, oh, man, I kind of just fucked up right there. I, I, I didn't get the feedback I wanted to. Well, I, I was forcing my, my, my situation. And now 
I just do everything more organically, engage with the people all the time, and it works out ten times better than it does if, if I force stuff. Yeah. Take it slow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Low and slow. Low and That's slow. how we always take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, we live in such a <coughs> such an interesting time with digital marketing. And that's something that we love to talk about. You know, we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for social media, if it wasn't for doing the things that we love to do. But you can't do that without going and dealing with <coughs> traditional media with failing. I mean, mm-hmm. we've we've done all the marketing possible and you know, I've you know, you and I, we get along well because of the marketing background, mm-hmm. but we know as well that when corporations, when companies, when your own business, you look at it and you go, well, what can we cut? You know, where can we get leaner? And marketing is always going to be one of those things. But yeah. how, talk about your philosophy with marketing and sales. Yeah. In the traditional world, it's those two entities never really work together. Yeah, well, I, I saw it good and bad in my time because if you have a, a sales organization, sales department, and a marketing department that are clashing, you're going to see it in the community. You're going to see it through your advertising, and they're not going to connect. When I took over director of marketing, I was able to work closely with our director of ticket sales and explain that what I'm doing is going to make you commission. Yes. And explaining that I'm I'm not out here just to make myself feel better. What I'm doing is I'm trying to fill the seats of the arena. So when you have that connection and that that strategy way, way back before the game even starts, so I'm talking months, we've been working all summer on our strategic plan, which we're all now seeing in the community, and it's part PR, it's part doing things like this, it's part outdoor advertising, it's part partnering with Fox 5 and all the marketing that goes along with that. All that marketing, PR, and community outreach has, and I, I don't want to say this is the only goal, but it's got a goal of putting people in the arena. Sure. That's the goal. We want Absolutely. people to come and buy tickets. Right. Absolutely. That's what they, we're doing. Fill well, the you, seats. You want them to engage with your brand. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, and now the fact that you have a partner like Scott Heath over in Fox 5 that understands traditional media probably better than, I, I mean, almost anybody in this town. I mean, he is just a wealth of knowledge. And for him to attack, and I say attack because that's the way I see him doing things, is if he's going to invest, he's going to invest all in. And he's the kind of partner where you are looking to do something that no other team is doing, no other AHL team is doing, and yet you have Fox 5 who carried the Super Bowl, who carried MLB All-Star Game, and now they are putting on this sexy production of San Diego Goals hockey. Speaking of them doing the Super Bowl, they ran a goals ad yes. during the Super Bowl for us <laughs> yes, they for did. free. Yes, they did. Talk about San Diego love yes. for free. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that that's the sense of pride when you're working with companies and partners that understand it. I mean, my wife and I watching the Super Bowl and we see that goals commercial come up. We're so proud of it. You know, we're so proud of it, not just as partners, but as fans. You know, as fans is something that we just started to get involved in. We just started learning hockey. We just started learning who the players are. But we're so proud to take somebody new to the game. You know, and like that's the one thing that sports does. And sports allows, you know, my wife and I to have structured time that's business, but it's also entertainment. But we can spend time with people that we don't get to see. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there, there's very little time in, you know, everyone's busy life. I mean, it's the time that I got to take Derek to a, a Charger game, the time I got to take him to a, you know, a goals game. Those are two times out of how long I've known you for 10 years. And those are probably the two times that I've gone out to a sporting event. In, in 15 <laughs> I'm years. hard to say no to. I just, man, I don't, you know, I tend not to think you have enough time, but 
No, it's going to be pretty cool, though, now, especially being one of the only sports in San Diego that, uh, you know, with the Chargers leaving. And I'm really excited to see the growth on uh, with the goals, you know, and people getting behind it and wanting to be, you know, people want to be a part of something. It's it's who we are as, as humans. We, we want to be a part of something, you know, uh, of a tribe. And, and, you know, you be the leader of that tribe and we'll, we'll get behind you. you know, yeah. Especially with sports, too, because sports is something that, you know, because the numbers are so big, because there's so many eyeballs on the sports, it's very rare that an organization will care about the fan on a micro level. Mm-hmm. And like what your organization does to engage the San Diego Gulls fan, I mean, the Facebook group, the amount of information that they, you know, at owning a restaurant, we get feedback and we absolutely, you know, we live in a world where people, they want to give you feedback. You know, they want to talk on Yelp. They want to let us know on TripAdvisor. They want to let us know on a comment card. And that makes us a better organization if we listen. You know, not everything is going to get implemented. You know, we're not going to put fish on the menu just because, you know, we got five yeah. comment cards that say, you know, you should put fish on the menu. But there might be something, you know, this wealth of knowledge if you actually look in there. And there's things that I've seen you guys do over the last three years that, has gotten such a huge response because then they know that somebody cares, you know, and it goes back to your breakfast that you guys had, you know, it's a town hall meeting. It's like, can somebody fucking listen? Mm -hmm. Like, can you please put on a podcast so that I can, you know, actually get some content from, you know, Craig, who does an incredible job and McPherson, who they can actually tell me about the players that I get to go and watch on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And you listen to that and then you give them what they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things are just so, so important. And we really do listen because if we don't, the fans go away. Sure. They yes. they will show us that they're not happy by stop buying tickets and stop buying merchandise. So we do a survey every year. We did it in Anaheim. And one of the things I look forward to is actually reading that survey and not just saying, oh, geez, these people want green shirts. Are you yeah. crazy? We go buy green shirts. Yes, Whatever, absolutely. You know, if you see a trend and a theme, it's for a reason. We did that here at the store just uh, a month ago. We uh, figured out, okay, where are we lacking? Where's our growth? Where are we not growing? And talked to all my consumers, went down on the, on the floor, was talking to everybody. Consensus was produce. Uh, you know, we need different produce. Now we're bringing in all the specialty stuff, stuff that people <laughs> thought wouldn't funny. sell, uh, the dragon fruits. The my, uh, wife, all- my wife came in yesterday because of Corey's dragon fruit post right. because she's like that it looks amazing i yeah. want that but that goes back to the social aspect the operator aspect and right. listening and then now you're engaging now you're bringing in you know my wife who she wasn't planning on coming to get dragon right. fruit but now she's like hey stop and go get me some dragon well, fruit we partnered up with another produce company called melissa's produce and this gentleman named dale who's been in the produce for industry for 35 years um he was a retailer. He worked for different stores, and now he's you know there's the pictures right there, little kiwi berries and, and stuff. And that does look um, good. But Damn. it's it's stuff I wouldn't have brought in because we I didn't just, get any for us. No, there's What's stuff there's stuff down there. But um, you know, stuff that we wouldn't have brought in, or I brought in maybe two years ago that didn't sell as well. Um, you know, now people are really wanting to do it. They're wanting those blood oranges, like like we what we have up on the screen right now. Uh, strawberry papayas, pomegranates that are I think, just a little bit. I think one of the pro- one of the toughest things to do as an operator is you don't do that because it it takes so much time and it takes so much attention to detail yeah. to do that. Well, and, and, like, and you have to know you're going to lose. I'm going to lose money on this. Oh, absolutely! Like, it's not going to fly off the shelf right away. No, people have to get used to that. That sure. I do carry it. Sure. You know? you know what? To that point, when you do a survey or you you make a change that's out of your norm, mm-hmm. and 
if you just do that and don't tell anybody because oh, we'll just let it happen, you have to use social. You have yes. to use TV, radio, podcast, and say, hey, by the way, this is what's happening. Because when they get there, oh, yeah, I heard about that. I'm going to go check it you out. Don't re- you don't know where you heard about it. At some point, something's going to impact you, and you don't know where you saw it, where where it came from. But that's how all the marketing works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many sports teams we talk about all the time is they'll go and they'll do promotions. You know, mm-hmm. that's the number one thing. Like, we're going to do a giveaway we're going to give away a hat okay if you're going to give away a hat make sure it's a fucking great hat mm-hmm. and if that hat isn't fucking fantastic don't it do it That's do really not right. do I it i fucking hate it i cannot don't stand do it you don't give me a, give me a velcro hat that, that my yeah. grandfather wouldn't wear like my grandpa wouldn't wear that hat seriously yeah. why are you giving yeah. it away yeah. and like you're partnering with somebody else let's say a car company and they put their logo on it if they're going to do it make sure it's fucking great know what the fans want i mean you guys did a mighty ducks promotion for this snapback hat and i mean i'll never forget my wife coming to me middle at the end of the first end of the first she comes over and she goes i can't believe what was going on in the restroom the women's restroom like what are you talking about she's like i went into the women's restroom they weren't even at all the women were in front of the mirrors fixing their hat because they wanted to wear the hat not later they didn't want to give it away they wanted to wear the hat fucking now Mm -hmm. women Wanting to wear the hat. And, and I'll, I'll just, I'll let people know, a hat giveaway like that costs us $55,000. There you go. That's Jesus. a real hard cost. That's a cost. real hard And number. I'll tell you that. But the difference between that and us spending 33000 on the Velcro grandpa yes. hat, right. it's a waste of 33000 33, That's the problem. Spend twenty more and you're going to get branding in the community. And by the way, I see that hat everywhere. Oh, and that could be someone's first goals hat. And that mm-hmm. could be the hat that they wear every, every single time that they come to the goals. Or they'll see whoa, it whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's talk about what's important right now, guys. What's that? The goals girls. Those are our girls. Man. You just put those up. They're everywhere. On social media, I see them all the time. They're, they, they're yep. really involved. What our goal is is to be out at a community event or something five days a week. Wow. That's rad. So whether it's it's year a, round? It's, it's an open uh, – mainly during the season because okay. we, we don't have full-time employees. They're, okay. they're on while we're playing hockey. Sure. So whether it's our street team, our girls, our mascot, me, our director of marketing. too? Oh, yeah. They skate. Yeah, oh, they yeah. clean the ice. Oh, yeah. And that's connecting with the community. That's being Absolutely. out and having our brand somewhere to say, oh, yeah, hockey's back. So so there's two things I wanted to talk about, too. It's You guys have an incredible, incredible social presence um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Facebook. And you guys invest so much into that content. Why do you do it? Because running a newspaper ad doesn't work anymore. Yes. No one reads the paper. Yes. This is your paper. This is your television. This is your podcast. This is every. And I'm holding up my phone, by the way. This yes. is everything you need to connect with fans of all ages today. Yes. So we hired a social media guy, TJ Thornton. He is unbelievable. Everything you've seen on our social pages for the last 13 months has been TJ. That's rad. And he's clever. And he played hockey. He's a he's a college level athlete. Played goal. He's a goalie. And he understands the game. So he talks to our fans like a hockey fan. Yes. And he gets footage that's interesting to him and puts it up because he's a hockey fan. And so we're connecting with our fans. Each platform has a different demo. So Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are the main. Snapchat as well. But those are different age groups that engage with that platform. So we tailor our information to talk to that demographic. Yes. And he's excellent at it. And you're seeing it. And our numbers are jumping in it because people want to – he's funny. 
He's serious. He'll tell you about what's going on, but he'll also poke fun at us, right. which is important because, sure. by the way, we're a hockey team. Absolutely. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. And so at what point do you start investing more in people like TJ? Well, we just hired um, a video uh, producer, and he's going to shoot all the content. Right. And he's also going to edit all the content, and he's on for the whole season. So our video content was somewhat limited due to our budget. We made the investment, and we've got a guy to come on, and he's going to actually shoot. With your own equipment, or is his equipment? It's ours. Perfect. Yep. And we're going to have awesome videos starting with tomorrow night. Yes. You'll see the new opening video, which is it's awesome. Like awesome. it's going to give you guys goosebumps, and you're going to love it. Right. And the one that one that you guys did last year was just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, absolutely engaging in different parts of San Diego, showing off, you know, where these players are. You know, you got Cordelas out, and he's on Mission Bay, and you got the Gulls girls, and like, but you're showing off the city, and you're showing off what it is to play hockey in San Diego, and to be a part of that. I mean, it's so exciting. Yeah, it's pretty unique. You know, most people think hockey's oh, it's cold, it's Canada. Well, San Diego, by the way, is one of the top three teams from uh, from attendance in the entire league. It's so impressive. So people love hockey here, and they're showing up. Well, it's great, too, when you have, you know, I mean, you have an older building in Valley View Casino Center, but you have someone like Ernie Hahn who's so invested in fan experience and so invested in making sure that those people that come there, they're going to get a great experience. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you have to have partners like that, and people – it's really easy as a fan to not understand that in order to run a professional sport, there's so many layers. There's layers. There's companies that get outsourced for security. There's companies that they come and they do tickets. There's concessionaires. There might be a partner like Levy, who's absolutely incredible down at Valley View Casino Center. Mm -hmm. I mean, they allow us to come in and bring our barbecue. There's so many different moving parts, but you have to have leaders at all those parts. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're going to have a lot of pressure points that are going to be difficult for fans. And speaking of Ernie, he's a great partner for us. I actually saw him this morning. We were doing the human peace symbol at the arena awesome. in, the, in the parking lot to support what happened in Vegas and some of the other tragedies we've been experiences, experiencing. But I, I sat, we chatted with Ernie, and we I'm going to break some news here. We are going to have, uh, by Christmas, we'll have brand-new sports lighting Brad. And a brand new sound system. Brad. Really? That's sound. been one of the number one things that people have complained about. We listened. You did listen. That's that's very impressive. What else are you doing for the coaches? You were telling us beforehand. Oh, yeah. We're putting up uh, new clocks on the end zone. So uh, our board, which is beautiful, um, it's, a, it's a full board, meaning when we have the timeout or the uh, in-game entertainment, we lose the clock and we lose the power play time, penalty kill time. So our coaches said, hey, every time I look up and you're running a fun video, I have no idea how much more time I have on the power play. i got to talk to my team. And also, we don't know how much left is in the game. So we're putting in new um, in-arena, new end zone clocks, so you'll be able to see the power play time and time of game during the whole game. That's really, game, really yeah. cool. So what, uh, what can people, what are the cool things that people can expect if they're coming out this season? I mean, talk about the one thing that my wife, she tells every single friend that she has that has kids if you're going to go to a game, you go to the teddy bear toss. Mm -hmm. Why is that teddy bear toss so important? Teddy bear toss is such a cool thing. We partner with Rady's Children's Hospital. And uh, for those of you that have not been to it, you go to the game, you bring a unused teddy bear, put it in a bag. And when the goals score our first goal, 
everyone in the arena throws the bears on the ice. So cool. This is the one time where it's encouraged to to actually throw (laughs) stuff on the ice. So, and they're running a video in here for those of you listening, and you're about to see an incredible uh, teddy bear toss rain down. But um, it's literally thousands, like in the neighborhood of 10,000 bears end up on the ice, and they stop the game, and our players actually get out the shovels and help clean up all of the teddy bears onto the ice, put it in a big truck. We literally drive it right to Rady's. All the kids that are going through all their troubles at Rady's get a, get a teddy bear from the teddy bear toss game for the whole season. It's so cool. So we're doing it again in December, and we'll replenish those teddy bears for all those kids at Rady's. That's really, really cool. It's a really fun thing that we do, and it's, it's actually I'm proud really exciting. of it. Yeah. So one of the things, when you're talking about front office, I was, I've was i been a season ticket holder of the Chargers geez, since 2004, probably. And there was never a time where I knew who my account rep was. And not knowing who my account rep was, I mean, it, 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 it was transactional. You know, it was, I'm a number, here's my transaction. It kind of made me feel like when I was in Boulder and I was a Scantron number. And I was one of 500 kids. But the way that you guys approach fan see your season ticket holders and how much you interact with someone like Derek Dawson yeah. who goes above and beyond his job to Double make D, sure that he's interacting on Facebook that he's interacting on his cell phone I mean he has how many cell phone numbers he has of season ticket holders that essentially become his friend because he cares about their experience you know what I love about Derek is he's born and raised in San Diego, so he takes the the goals logo and the city of San Diego so seriously. Yes, and he he is part of the fabric of the city and of the team, and he's our manager of service, and he takes such good care of people. To your point, he will be the guy that shows up early, stays late, and takes care of whatever needs to be done during the game for a fan, for a client, even if it's not a client of his. He just jumps in and gets it done. And yeah, and I love that mentality. And it's throughout the whole office. It's the entire office, and I mean, it's oh, it's man. so he take, impressive. He takes, he takes Parker there all the time too. Absolutely, you always see Parker. At yeah, the, at the there place he is. And- yeah. He, he's his son <coughs> Parker is just getting involved in youth hockey and Derek jumps out there and he's coaching and he's so proud of that he, tells, right. he gives me an update every week he's like yeah <laughs> took the man out on the ice again yeah well the cool thing is too is you know us being partners with you we ask for our partners to get involved in the events that we do and we do barbecue charity events here locally for Spring Valley Barbecue Festival and you know up at Del Mar and we do those to give back and to have partners that understand you know you talk about sponsorship activation you know it's always going to be a two-way street no matter what that contract says no matter how much that spend is if somebody if not just the person signing the contract but the entire organization once they start caring about who the goals are and then they realize that the goals care about them i mean to have you as the president of the goals come out and be a barbecue judge you know, spend the entire day on a Sunday. I'm coming Sunday. again this year, you know. You're absolutely coming. Absolutely. <laughs> was good. We, already, we already signed you up. <laughs> <laughs> but to have you come out, not only to support the event and to be a barbecue judge and to judge the amateur barbecue teams that we have competing, but to have the goals, you know, have Derek lead the charge and have their team compete, that means so much to us because then they start to understand why we're doing what we're doing. And then they get to meet someone like Shane Walton, who's the president of organizations and training and get to understand this is who he is. This is who these guys are. This is what they're doing for their community. That stuff. I mean, it's very, very powerful, but you have to be about it. It's not just, you can't just say, Oh, we're going to do it. You actually got to do it. Absolutely. And you know, those guys actually invited me last year and it was kind of early into my, my time. I said, Oh, I'm definitely in because this is how, 
I have found success in my career is by connecting for real. Yes. Not just sending an email, cool, hey, here's 500 bucks towards your thing, right. and I'm on my couch. Yes. No, get in. I'm bringing my kids. Yes. Let's go. Let's engage and be part of this because San Diego is such a big, small town. Everyone here is so connected. And the people I see at these events and I connect with, it's like they become friends. Sure. And it's you see them everywhere, and they sure. all swim in the same circle. So well, I mean, it's you, important. You know, you have fans like Cameron who go above and beyond, and they take that responsibility to set up, you know, goals fan pages and to get watch parties together. But they can do that by themselves, you know, like kind of like the Chargers fans do, you know, without organizational help, or if there is organizational help, which you know could be few and far between. But if they have an organization like the Gulls that actually support them and help them with those things, then that fan base grows to the point where those fans almost be they're, they're brand advocates. Mm -hmm. You know, they become essentially another party extension of your sales force, mm -hmm. you know, where they're out there telling people this is the best thing on earth. You got to come to a Gulls game. You got to come out here and experience this. I'm going to address Cameron because he is such a strong advocate of ours. And you may know the story, but I'm going to tell it real quick. Chargers decided that they were leaving. Fans in San Diego were obviously pissed. So they start taking their jerseys and their shirts and their hats. They go to the practice facility and they start throwing them. And I don't know if they lit them on fire, but they're literally throwing their gear yes. back they, at the Chargers. Yeah, a big pile. Yeah, I remember that. So Cam I was very disappointed. I thought we had more creativity than that. But that's <laughs> but, besides the point. But it happened. <laughs> it happened. And Cameron, uh, he's a head of the colony, which is our booster club. Cameron struck. And he came to our office, bought with his own money, and didn't tell us what he was doing, 100 tickets to the next game. We're like, okay, cool, that's great, no problem. Didn't, didn't know what was going on. And I saw him on social media that yes. day after I had seen him in the morning in the office yes. buying 100 tickets for no reason. And I see him, and I see him, as fans were throwing their Chargers gear into a big heap of a pile, he gave each one of them two goals tickets to Saturday's game on his own dime. And it went viral. I, know. I mean, it got picked up by multiple multiple national outlets. They Unbelievable. picked it up. And like that's the stuff that you, you know, as owners of businesses, we can dream that we have, you know, employees like that, but at the end of the day, it if that's a brand advocate for you and that's out there doing things like that, I mean, you just can't you can't pay for that yeah. because it's it it comes from the heart. You know, it comes from the heart and it comes from the right place. Mm -hmm. And it it's perceived that way because it's not in your face. Hey, come, come do this because we're telling you to do this. That's, I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. No. Yeah, someone that would do it on their own. And, and he did, you know, it's, so, uh, it's so awesome. That's the kind of fans we have in San Diego, but I think it's because there's been such a long history here and we can even talk about that a little bit in the difference between where we were 50 years ago and where we are today as a goals brand. But we have a long history here, and people love this team more than I realized. You know, I knew I was a fan. I went to games as a, you know when I was living in San Alejo when they were still playing in 0405. Right. And so, um, but we have this history and this connection, and and, and I, I talk to our season ticket holders, and we have we have a different demo. We have a really older group of established season ticket holders that were here when the team was around 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And we have this new group that is here for this team. And so when I when I show up, people are so proud to wear their old school goals jerseys. And they're, they're proud that they were part of that movement 50 years ago. Yes. Yep. And uh, another quick quick story. Today is Willie O'Ree's 60th anniversary of him breaking the color barrier in the wow. NHL with the Boston Bruins. 
60 years ago today, Willie O'Ree played in the NHL for the first time as a black um, black man. Today, he's an ambassador for us because he also played for the goals in the 70s. So it, it, those are the types of stories that are connected to this brand. It's huge. The, the first African-American hockey player played so for cool. the goals. It's so cool. And by the way, he's, he's a season ticket holder. He's still here. <laughs> he's at every game. Right. Well, absolutely. And you, But you celebrate him, and you, you do it in a way that is classy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's done in the right way. And you have, because of that, people are attracted. People like Adam Jones, you know, talk about that story. I mean, that uh, uh, well, another that viral story because of somebody just absolutely loving hockey. So Adam Jones is an outfielder for the uh, Orioles and uh, MLB and an all-star and lives in San Diego and started coming to our games on his own, bought season tickets, brought his family, just shows up, reached out to Derek, and uh, I think he might have been his rep or something. It was that generic, like, hey, how's it going? I'm a big fan. Started tweeting about us. TJ hooks up with him and sends him a direct message like, hey, do you want to be involved? And he says, yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. (laughs) <laughs> and they come into my office and I said, hey, Adam Jones wants to drive the Zamboni. I said, well, there's some legal issues there. Right. <laughs> Always the bearer of yeah. bad news. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, let's get on a quick call with him and, and, and see what we can really do. So right away, we, hey, would you mind jumping on a call tomorrow, whatever. Adam was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm not kidding. I want to do something. So we created this scenario where we would hire Adam Jones, and we did for one day. We actually gave him a contract. Right. He was an employee of the San Diego Goals for one day as a penalty box goal judge. <laughs> so for one period of one real AHL game, Adam Jones was in the penalty box during the game and lifted it, let him in, wrote down you know number five right. in here for tripping, and was the real goal judge. So we did this, we, st- you know, we staged it, he came in, we brought his son and his wife, and they signed a contract, talked with us, nicest guy ever. Uh, the next day, we, you know, he put a suit on, he came in, and we did some photo shoots and did some interviews, and we showed him what he had to do, because he actually had to work. Right. And put him in the box, and he was in there, and the crowd loved it, he loved it, and he's just a really genuine San Diegan. How, how much, was, when was the World Base, Baseball Classic? Because it was right around that time, wasn't it? Yeah, this we did this in January. He left for the spring a few months later. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's just absolutely such a cool story to have a <laughs> professional athlete that's that engaged, you know, with the brand. Yeah. I mean, and you guys have people pretty much coming and starting to understand why there's that buzz. Why are you guys selling? I mean, you guys just got an award from the AHL um, Team of the Year? Yeah. We, That's a uh, big deal. In July, we're just awarded the AHL. For San Diego. Yeah. Like yeah. San Diego Hockey Town, yep. right? Hockey, Hockey Town, Town, USA? Apparently. <laughs> uh, AHL Franchise of the Year for wow. accomplishments on and off the ice. So, obviously, our on-ice play has been unbelievable. Playoffs two years in a row, second round. Uh, really good, solid team, but off the ice, what are we doing in the community? What are we doing to engage the fans? How are our ticket sales? How's our merch sales? How's our food at the arena? What's the customer experience like from the second they arrive? So they take all that into account and we won. That's so rad. I mean, that's such a huge accomplishment and I'm sure the Ducks organization appreciates that too. Um, You know, especially because of the relationship and you know, I didn't understand it when Ari first sat down and told me, you know, listen, this is the AHL. These guys are going to be playing up in Anaheim. Like, this is the feeder league, and you're going to really appreciate hockey more because of it. I'm like, well, they're going to be taking our players. Like, yes, they do take your players, but it makes a bigger, deeper relationship with hockey. 
and it really it makes us so much prouder because we watched him play in San Diego. Now they're in the playoffs and they're taking our guys up, but those guys are helping to try to win a cup. Yeah. And I'll paint a picture for you listening. I'm sitting across from Sean. And he's got a gold zip up on and a Ducks hat on. That's right. So you're in. Well, you get I, it. I go up to a Ducks game and <laughs> there's a hat in there. It says hard work. That, that, they made that hat for me. It is a great that's, hat. That's a Bulgarian hat if I've ever seen a Bulgarian hat. <laughs> so what Ari was talking about two, three years ago to you is coming to fruition. You're understanding the big picture of our young players coming up and celebrating when they do go. It's not – I mean. It's tough because you lose guys that are scoring sure, for you. Right. But the big picture is is they've done their job. They came through here for a year or two, and now they're going to Anaheim, and they're doing really well. And it's one of the things that we talk about on this podcast. It's so important for us to have this amateur barbecue contest because it's a platform for somebody that they love to cook, and they want to cook, and they want to just see if it's you know something that they could turn into a catering business to a barbecue restaurant. Who knows where it could go? But that gives them an opportunity to come out and to learn from people like Gene Goikachea, like Arlie Bragg, all these barbecue heavyweights who have so much knowledge and they're willing to share. But then they realize, oh my God, I can actually do this. Now I have a stepping stone to get to Kansas City Barbecue Society. So now how all those things, but it, it takes an investment in the sport. It mm -hmm. takes an investment in the industry. It takes an investment in people. Yeah. You know, to really get to that point. That's interesting to bring that up because it doesn't seem so unrealistic to get to Kansas City in the barbecue world, whereas as a kid, I'll never make the NHL. Well, if you look at the structure and the steps, it's really not easy, but it's possible. Right. Here's the path. And, and, you know, we're showing that path in San Diego. You're showing that with the amateur barbecue. Like, hey, if you're interested in this, try it out. You could land in Kansas City. You can do you can do what you love to do, and you didn't play in the NHL, and yet you're working for an NHL franchise. You're working for an incredible organization that's allowing you to grow the sport of hockey. Mm -hmm. And growing the sport of hockey on the West Coast sounds like a crazy idea, but it's catching on and it's catching fire. I mean, yeah. what are you guys doing up in Anaheim with that training facility? Okay, so the this was just announced. There is a four ice sheet facility that's going to be built in uh, Irvine, California, Tustin, Irvine area. $101 million to produce this four sheet facility. It's going to have restaurants and it's going to be the official training facility of the Anaheim Ducks. So that's, that's so where they cool. will practice every day. And that's the kind of investment that our ownership group is looking at long term. It's not just uh, we're going to try to scrape by and make a buck. No, no, we're going to invest for the long term. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the best things for us is just watching the growth of hockey in San Diego and to see the cool things that you guys do for the community, to see the stuff you do for the military. Um, those things mean so much to us because that's how we run our businesses. Yeah. Uh, those are the things that we aspire to. Uh, all the things that we talk about today, all of the social media handles, all the goals stuff is all going to be in the show notes. Uh, please check those out. And if any of you guys listening to the podcast, if you want to come to a game, please just message us and let us know because we're going to be down there um, as many games as possible. It's just an unbelievable time. If you're here in San Diego, come out, have some barbecue, hang out with us. No, it's, um, it's an experience for sure. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't understand it until I went. It's definitely an experience. And if you don't make it to the game, tune into Fox 5. I yeah. mean, Fox 5, the fact that you guys are putting these AHL games on HD TV, I mean, that... I can't say enough about what you've been able to accomplish with, I mean, traditional media. I mean, mm -hmm. to take traditional media and to, you know, get to the point where 
anyone in San Diego can tune in and watch this unbelievable production. I mean, it, it's it's really exciting. Especially because yeah, how much TV's progressed, too. Because yes. in the 70s with no HD, trying to watch that little puck go around, I mean, you couldn't really follow it. Now you can see everything. And with today's TV programming and the way people fast-forward through commercials, the interesting thing about sports is that's what people watch live. Yes. No one watches their uh, programming, their 30, 60-minute shows. They just tape them, fast-forward. Yep. You're engaged because you want to see what's going to happen right now. So we've got our first televised game tomorrow night. I think this will air, so tonight. Yes. And um, it's going to be on Fox 5, and you can catch the whole game in HD, and it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. Any tickets left? We're getting close. Getting We're getting close. close. Uh, we are selling very well for Friday. Lower bowl is sold out. Upper bowl is almost sold out. I will tell you, we could use a little help Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, we've uh, put a lot of our marketing dollars towards the home opener. We really want to sell it out. I want it to look great on TV. But if you're listening and want to get your hockey fix, you can still get good seats for Saturday. Absolutely. Cool. And Thank how, you so how much, can people man. how can people find you? Yeah, San Diego Goals .com, um, Call into the office. Go on to any of our social. And, uh, and I do appreciate the fact that you're on Twitter. Yeah. It's, it's important for executives to oh. understand that you can engage with media, you can engage with fans. I mean, that way people get to know you. They get that context. I actually think it's fun because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm locked sometimes at my desk or, or doing a meeting or something, and I, I don't get to kind of show my enthusiasm or my excitement because I'm literally working or I'm at my kids' events. And this is a way to say, hey, I love this too. I'm not just working right. here. I'm living this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for your time. Uh, we're fired up. We can't wait. Uh, hopefully, there's going to be uh, some sort of uh, Simba cam maybe in the future for, <laughs> for my uh, my little boy. I think we're going to search you out <laughs> into the crowd and you're going to launch Simba I'm cam. Gonna la I'm going to launch my son <laughs> onto the ice. I don't know how my wife's going to feel about that, but <laughs> Colleen, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll do well. We've got a lot of babies. We've got uh, Nate. Nate. Uh, yeah, Nate just, just a had a baby deal. girl. It's yep. a big deal. Yep. So, yeah, we're going to follow Matt Schwartz and the, the L, L12. He's been bringing his little girl uh, to the games last year, so that's really cool. That's great. Family time. Make it to a goals game. Uh, follow the goals on social media. Let us know when you're here because uh, we want to go to a goals game with you. Yeah. For sure. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. This is awesome.